How low can you go? Death Row, what a brother know. Once again, back is the incredible Rhyme Animal. Public enemy number one, 5 says freeze, but I got none. Did I tell him that I never really had a gun? It's the wax at Terminator X Fun. Why do I remember that thing from 25 years ago? Hello. Hi, Marilyn. Good morning, Dan. How are you? How are you today? I'm doing very well. Okay. It's a Tuesday in October, and uh, everything's good. Everything's good. How are you? Oh, good. I'm all. I'm all right. It's a bit. You know, I don't like. I don't like have to fly out of the house and rush and go and do appointments and stuff like that. I don't like that. Oh my god. I. It's. It's. Um, I hate that. It's so uncivilized. It's. Not, it's so uncivilized. <laughs> it's bad you know? enough that I get. To, you know, get the kids to school at a certain. It time. It is bad enough, and it's bad. I mean, my kids. I was. We were talking about this on the walk to school the other day. Um, my kids' school starts a little before eight. And I, I've told you this before, but I remember in high school, my first bell was 7.15. Yeah, seriously. Well, can you imagine being 15 years old and having to get up in time to be at school at 7.15? No. Yeah, we ours was be, 7.20. 7.20 was the start time. We should be more European, Dan, just as, as a people. They don't even have school. Very, they don't even go to school. Is that right? Do they all get au pairs to come in? But school is optional because they don't they don't value careers over there. If you ask, if you go over there and you're like, "Hey, I'm you know I'm Dan. What's your name?" And they say, oh, "I'm you know Bill. What do you do for a living, Bill? How dare you? You've insulted me because that's that's I our you know that's our go to here is what do you we, do? But over there, we, we it, show up. It's irrelevant. We're, we're, we're the bull in a china shop. Mm-hmm. How's it going, Pierre or Jean Paul? Right. Uh, Jean serial entrepreneur. Right. And he just blows smoke in your face. Seriously, so. they don't want to hear from that. I bet they don't vape. Um, but you know, they eat a lot of cheese. My daughter's discovered Brie, which is super interesting. Oh, does she like that? Yeah. Well, I love it. Cause like next to the, <laughs> next to the instant uh, miso soup, it is a super easy snack for daddy. Yeah. Daddy likes a simple snack. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's, um, I don't know. This is the kind of thing one doesn't talk about. Cause it, it's, it sounds like a snooty that's fine for Merlin thing, but like, yeah, I don't know, man. There's a lot of like, uh, you know what? I'm not gonna talk about it. But but people people want to make a lot of demands on your time, and and you know and and really things like, I've said this before, but things like meetings, things like punctuality. You know, I'm a pill about punctuality. Yeah, you got to be on it's time form, with you. Well, with me, I'm crazy like that, and you're kind enough to to accede to that, which I appreciate. Well, I like it too. I was just saying you're to almost alone in that for what it's worth. <laughs> I was saying this to a friend the other day. We were um, we were going to be heading somewhere together, and I, I said, oh, you know, I was looking at the, the thing and the, and the. Uh, the Google Maps said that we'd be there exactly at one. And I said, so we're going to be late. Mm-hmm. And they said, no, we'll be there right at one. The thing is at one. We'll be there at one. I said, that's late. I said, how ten- old are you, sir? I said, if we understand how time works, <laughs> if we're there at 10 to one, that's on time. Well, I mean, what are you going to do? Are you going to literally pull your car into the meeting room? You can't. You can't. They're you not have to set go find up a parking for space. Yeah. Oh, do they have parking? I don't know. Right. Okay. Well, where are we going to find parking? I guess we've got to pull out our phones and look. Right. If we're there at one, then we're like sign in. You sign in and get a badge. Oh, yeah. We got to do that too. So if you show up to the airport at the same time that your flight's leaving, are you on time for it? <laughs> no, you're John Roderick. <laughs> That's right. God bless him. Nice. God bless him. Love that little guy. I didn't get to talk to him at all about the uh, his wearing of a watch instead of a phone. Is that still going well for him? You know, it's funny. We, um, it's been sitting there as a topic for, uh, I guess, two weeks now. <laughs> you got to get to it. We haven't gotten to it. He's like, you know, John's got a lot to talk about. We talked a lot about, uh, yeah, yeah, had a good one. Had a good one. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I, I say I can't wait to hear, but I, I know what we're going to hear. We're just going to hear everything that's wrong with it, mm. which is okay. Yeah. Um, but anyway, we'll save all that privileged stuff for another time. Speaking of uh, watches, uh, something I got a bullet here. Um, that made me think of you. You're familiar with something called Hodinkee. Yes. Yes, very much so. It's a very, say very it, good website. It. Hodinkee. Say it. How do you say it? Hodinkee. Hodinkee. That's how I say it. Instead of the <laughs> emphasis like on dinky, I like Hodinkee. I well, don't know I if that's right. To, this is how I say it. Hodinkee. 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 Has a uh, podcast thing called Hodinkee yeah. Radio. Yeah. And as you dialed me up on the internet just now, I was listening to an episode about the Apple Watch. Oh, cool. Which, which I thought was interesting in a couple of ways. Um, I, I, as we said before, I, I mean, I, I don't begrudge anybody's interest in pretty much anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I, it's, the mechanical watch world is, is inscrutable to me. Yeah. But it was, it's very interesting to hear, on the one hand, to hear these folks who are primarily there for the mechanical watch thing. 
to talk about it in general, but especially coming at the, their POV is coming from a world of mechanical stuff. And like, <laughs> like one of the guys, like his watch keeps beeping and he doesn't know how to turn it off, which was kind of adorable. <laughs> but I, I put it in show notes because uh, you might, I don't know if you or the listeners might want to check it out. But um, I mean, honestly, I'm always happy to, as you know, Dan, I'm, I, I'm happy to listen to anybody who's excited about what they do. Mm-hmm. If they're articulate about describing why they love what they love, I, I can listen to almost anything. You're in. I'm pretty much. I mean, I can't always do it. I can't listen to every Doctor Who podcast because they really get in the weeds. But um, but uh, but I thought you might want to. I think it's a two part episode. At one point, they talked to Gruber. But uh, just as somebody who's not super interested in the Apple Watch, I thought it might be interesting for you and maybe our listeners to hear. Uh, and that is uh, Apple and the future of watchmaking. Oh, they are not using the title case robot. Apple and the future of watchmaking. Hodinky Radio. I put up the Overcast link because that's usually the easiest kind of link. I'll definitely have to check it out. I'm, yeah. you know, yeah. I, I'm a big fan of mechanical watches, and I, I'm, a, you know, I've had two Apple watches, and for one reason or another, wound up not keeping them. But I'm still do very, not feel the need to defend. No, no, all, I'm, dude. I'm still very intrigued by the potential for the Apple Watch, and for me, I think, I think I will revisit it if and when they. Uh, they can display the face of the watch all the time. That, that's oh, what yeah. I'm waiting. That's what I'm waiting totally. for. That's no, I totally, for. I totally get that. Um, I, I absolutely agree. Well, at the point when I, I had to cut away to chat with you, they were just getting to a point of um, talking about and sort of um, soberly acknowledging how much Apple Watch. I mean, I guess you've, you've said this before, but I, because I'm not super tuned into the watch world, what a change it's been for industries, and that they're they're now like apparently the best selling watch yes. in the world. Yes, which they've eaten, really eaten everyone else's lunch completely, and it, but it makes sense because think of all the people out there who, you know, maybe they wore a watch, maybe they occasionally wore one, maybe they didn't see a need to wear one at all. Yeah, yeah. And Apple has come in and and made something. That is, it's it's a watch in the general sense, but it's it's you know I hate the term wearable. We need something better. I know it's really it's it, it is silly, but it's it's a wearable. That feels but like something everything's that a wearable Google would make that you attach to your lapel. Yeah, That's yes. a weird thing to say. Uh, anyway, they they made my this. sleeves are dynamic. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that means. I, gotta, I don't want to know. Hold on, I got a cap. I got a capture that. My sleeves. I have uh, e sleeves. Dynamic. So, but you know, like the idea that they came in, they made this cool thing, and now people who never wore a watch mm-hmm. are wearing it because it does stuff. It does stuff more than tells time. And the argument that I had for a long time, or heard heard a long time from people who maybe used to wear watches and stopped or didn't anymore because they said, "Well, I've always got my phone with me, and my phone." always tells me the time and you know there's a huge aspect to that was that was definitely me yeah <clears throat> i think it's a lot of people but you know for a lot of for men especially the watch is one of the very few things that we have that's an accessory that we can uh that we can really enjoy and the the biggest thing that mm-hmm. i i love mm-hmm. when i when i see somebody who's wearing a mechanical watch it's always like that game you play between how can I find out what the watch is without kind of like seeming really creepy? And and can yeah. I should I approach the person or do they look like they don't want to hear about anything? Or you I know, I think it's like having a lip piercing. I think the people who have mechanical watches these days probably enjoy talking about. I it. probably do. And I ran into a guy in in the airport when I was coming back from uh, that Florida trip some time ago over the summer. And there was a guy there, and he had a he had a great mechanical watch on, and and I commented on it and we got into a whole conversation about it It was a great way to kill time at the airport you know we just talked about watches and stuff it was cool but apple came in and changed everything by introducing a giving people who didn't have a reason to wear a watch a reason to wear a watch they could oh i don't need to you know i don't need to know what time it is every second of the day i have my phone if i need to know it or i can just look on the wall or i can ask somebody and now there's this cool watch that helps people keep track of their health and their fitness and how much activity they had. And now it does an ECG. If they they fell down or their heart was right. So there's a whole bunch of benefits to having it that, uh, that I think got people interested in it. And I've seen a lot of people say, well, that that got me into watches again, or that got me into watches in the first place. That's exactly what these guys said. Yeah. That's that's the other thing I was going to say though, is that they, uh, so in, in, in kind of winding to, to where they are uh, in this conversation, 
I, I, they also like heavily acknowledged like how, how does one say how enthusiastic commenters have mm-hmm, been, especially mm-hmm. their fellow mechanical watch enthusiasts, who, where I guess there are very, very strong opinions about this. And I think they acknowledge this in a really smart way, which is, which is that they said, well, look, they had a pretty good analogy. One of the guys said, well, I, I didn't catch the brand or age, but he has a, like a vintage sports car that his co-host described as a death trap. <laughs> and he's like, I, I really like driving this thing, but, but I'm not going to drive it all the time. I'm going to put my kids into this really boring Audi with airbags and satellite radio. Right. And he says, that's kind of how I'm coming to think about the watches now, where a lot of people are going to treat the Apple Watch as their Audi. Right, like what gonna... safety features does it have? <laughs> right, right. But I mean, this is, I think we talked about this a few weeks ago, but I mean, it's we, along the lines of, I, I think I mentioned a couple weeks ago that I, I Personally, I find it a little frustrating when people say, oh, $1,000 for a phone. And ah, my thought up. is always, let's, okay, well, first of all, that's sour grapes, but it's not really a phone. It's a pocket computer. <laughs> you can watch movies on it. Tell childhood you that. Like, that's crazy. And I, I really feel like we're at that point with Apple Watch where, again, in the same way that Steve was smart to call the iPhone a phone, I think it's pretty canny to call this a watch because it tells Tom you strap it onto your wrist. But after yeah. that, I mean, it's it's a totally different thing. So. I enjoyed that part of the interview. I enjoyed their approach to it and can recommend it partly because they're saying straight up, you know, this is a really different kind of beast. And just like you said, and it is ending up bringing a lot of new enthusiasm to horology that wasn't there. What what did you call me? (laughs) <laughs> it's the study of holes. Uh, yes, it is. And, and it, I think it's waking people up to the idea that they can have something like that. But see, if you ever, ever wear a watch for anything other than telling time or for fitness, you know, one of those types of, of goals. For me, I'm not like, I'm not big on fashion. I don't, mm-hmm. I'm not like, well, you know, it's got to be this particular brand or anything like that. But... I will say there are very few things, especially men, that, that we can do to accessorize. And watches, especially mechanical watches, are a kind of jewelry. And wearing one, it does, it does say something. Are you wearing you know, a $350 Seiko? Are you wearing a, a, $50, uh, you know, a $50 Seiko? Are you wearing a $5,000 Rolex or whatever? Like it, it, it makes a statement not like, well, I have money to blow, but it makes a statement as saying, this is how uh, much of a nerd and how obsessed I am with this stuff. And mm-hmm. I, I've, you know, I've got a ton of watches of all everywhere, every price range, everything in between. And I, I wear them for different reasons. I wear them depending on where I go. I wear them to match what else I'm wearing. And it's fun. It's one of the few things because I don't wear a tie ever really. Yeah. Um, I, I was so fu- I was just, I was just about to say that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that, a, that was like, our one thing. Like we had a tie and we had a hat. And now those things are both yeah, stripped tie, away from us. Yes, you could have maybe a certain kind of briefcase, right? Or, uh, or a, like a a day diary, day runner kind of thing. Right. But it's, you know, it's like John Roderick says. Every morning he wakes up and says, "What is the uniform of the day today?" Right. And I, I this sounds like a silly word, but it's men don't have that many men who, who go and have jobs in places like don't have that many opportunities for decoration. I mean, there are, are opportunities for signification. Like you can do stuff like have a certain like costly sports car and stuff like that. But yeah, you're right. I, the, the necktie is a good example. Like mm-hmm. that used to be at least a small opportunity. Or you had neckties, you had cufflinks. You had like, you know, wallets used to be like the sort of like wallet or kind of portfolio you kept in your jacket was like more of a thing. There aren't as many opportunities uh, for that. What backpacks, I guess? I mean, what kind of backpack? But that's still very functional. Yeah. 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 So anyway, just want to mention that I thought it was uh, I thought it was pretty interesting. I like mine cool. a lot. Um, if we run out of things to talk about, I did get a Fitbit, so we could talk about that. Oh, I want I want to wait. I want to hear about that. Which um, which one? The the new one, mm-hmm. the Charge mm-hmm. Three. That's right. Yeah, I definitely. Yeah. I didn't hear. I didn't know those were already out. I thought, oh, that's right. They were on available for pre order. And I, you're I've been saying you, for almost eighteen hours. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yes, I want to hear about that. <laughs> Of course, uh, I want, want to tell hear me, about that. Do you want to tell me first about something that you like? Yeah, I, I mean, I'm I'm ready to do that. If you are, I want. Uh, yeah, we have so many things we like. It's like every week there's new there's stuff. There's something to share new to like with the listeners. In this case, it's Slack. Slack. I use Slack. I use Slack this morning. I, I use three different channels. This love morning. Slack. I just every once every two to four weeks, I invite all of the new customers who have signed up for Fireside into our Fireside Slack and. This is a place where people can go to 
ask me questions, ask each other questions. There's a technique channel in there where people are always sharing really cool ideas and helping each other out. So like if you run into trouble or you want to do something cool or you have a question about the way you're using your microphone or whatever, there's mm-hmm. great discussions that are going on in there and it's a, a good way to talk to customers and get their feedback. This is just one way to use Slack. I know lots of people that use mm-hmm. Slack uh, for working with their their teammates and this is another way that I use it. My designer and developer are in there and my sysadmin and we can go in there and, and bounce ideas off each other, talk things out. It's so much better than email and it's so much better than instant messaging, especially if you're doing any kind of development or creation process or if you're coordinating things. You, you and I don't do this very much because our show, I think, is, is free form, but a lot of people who have kind of scripted shows, they will have a back channel and they can be in the back channel sharing links with each other, talking to each other as they're recording their show. Again, these are just a couple of ways that you can you can use this, but the, the focal point of Slack is it's a collaboration hub for work, regardless of what it is that you do. You can keep the people that are important to you informed with what you're doing. You can ask questions in a way that's not distracting, that's, uh, that, that stays out of people's way. It allows anyone who's interested in a topic or a conversation to join in and be a part of it. And it all happens in these different channels. That's what lets you organize these, con- these conversations around projects, around certain types of information, around the office that you're in or the team that you're on. And you can make as many channels as you need. And the beautiful thing is there's history there. So if I'm trying to remember, oh, right, what did Chad say about how I'm supposed to um, change someone's time zone and rerun metrics? Oh, right, that's here and I can find it. It's 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 similar to NVAlt that gives you this search of everything mm-hmm. you've ever typed. Well, you can see every conversation that was ever there. You can see a history. You can pin things to the top. You can have little topics and titles. You you can do pretty much anything that you could imagine, and you can also share documents, share images, annotate them, everything you want right inside of Slack. Now, I use the Slack app on my Mac, uh, and I also use it on my phone, uh, but you can also just use it in a straight-up regular old website. And people would say, well, I'm going to be like left out of features, right? I'm not going to get notifications. No, you still get notifications if your browser supports that. It's really, really great, and what that means is... You can go and use someone else's computer and be on your Slack when you need to be. You can grab your phone so that you're going to get an important notification when you're on the go. It's it's just great. Um, I can't say enough good things about it. It, it makes me way more productive, and, uh, and and I really do love it. They don't have any special promo codes. They don't have anything special like that. They keep it simple. Just go to slack.com, S-L-A-C-K, slack.com. That's it. Go check them out. Uh, you can sign up and and get a free uh, free trial and use it until you get serious about it. And then you can upgrade and get all these extra features and long-term data retention and really, really cool stuff. So go check it out. I love Slack and uh, I think you will too. Slack.com. Thanks, Slack. Buck, buck. Now, as you know, Dan, hmm. I, uh, uh, I've gotten more conservative hmm. about the things that I say in ad reads because I don't want to say things that upset the sponsor. Sure, yeah. You get a lot of those red letter kind of updates uh, on yeah. things. Yeah. yeah. You, get yeah. The red, you ever get the red letter updates? Yeah, I don't like the red. Don't say that. Don't say that. Uh, what I wouldn't say as part of the official read, but I just want to say is that, first of all, yes, for work, it's without peer. I mean, you there's so much, like, all the stuff you just said is absolutely true. But there's another thing I love about Slack, even if it is for work. There's something really special about the little community of people that you choose to have in your Slack. Um, and maybe you don't always get to choose that for work, but you can have back channels. And, I mean, I don't know how to say this. I feel like for a lot of people I know and some of the Slacks that I'm in, they feel like... Uh, Slack has kind of replaced Twitter for them. Yes. It's where they go, where they feel like they can talk as themselves and not get yelled at by randos. And sometimes it's a nice place to vent, honestly. Sometimes it's a nice place to go and be candid with people in a way you wouldn't be in an increasingly, you know, um, share-friendly place uh, like like Twitter, for example. Nothing against Twitter, but mm-hmm. I just I just want to say like all that all that work stuff is true, but also it's a nice place to have a community of people. Uh, who want to get along with each other. There's every reason in the world to get along with each other on Slack, and they have affordances in there that will make that way easier for everybody. It's easy to do the right thing with Slack, and you can make, make a lot of nice friends in there. That's all I want to say about that. I think you've, I think you've said quite enough, now, are, sir. Are, they, are we going to get a red-letter letter from them about no. that? No. Okay. 
Well, because you, um, you mentioned Twitter. Oh, we're not supposed to mention Twitter? I don't know. Okay. Red letters. Here they come. <laughs> uh, just a couple quick things in follow-up before we talk about Fitbit. Uh, my sleeves are dynamic. Um, I, I, uh, I put a link into the show notes. Um, well, there, first of all, just an overall recommendation that many of you probably already know about. There's a fellow named Michael Sai. I think it's how it's pronounced. I first ran into him because he's the guy who did Spam Civ. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which, I know him. He's still around. He did like a Bayesian, I think it's a Bayesian filter. I for, bought that software like a decade oh ago, and I still Me get, too. I love his up, newsletter updates. I don't know why I'm still subscribed to it, but whenever a new version comes out, he sends out, a, and I read, I read the whole thing. I've owned three of his apps. I've owned SpamSiv, I've owned Eagle Filer, and I've owned DropDMG. But I'm here to tell you today about his blog, which uh, if you like following an old school, in the best way, old school curation of a topic, Michael is so good at this. So it's uh, MJTSAI. It's in show notes, but you go to MJTSAI.com. And I, I, once a year or so, I like to hit him up on Twitter and just say, hey, thanks for doing what you do. It's, um, I, I wouldn't say that it's not opinionated, but he's real good at doing something like what Macintosh used to do, which is he aggregates a bunch of what other people are saying and puts it into wonderful little blog nuggets with, with quotes and attribution and, and almost like it's the 2000s in the happy way again. Um, and he's, he's real, real good. Um, I want to recommend his blog, but in specific, if you're interested in continuing to follow the story about the Google Chrome login issues, uh, he had a real good collection, um, why, why Matthew Green is done with Chrome. And this fellow, Matthew Green, who I think is a cryptography guy, uh, goes into quotes from him, quotes from other people. Um, I think a lot of people are pretty freaked out about the Chrome thing. Yeah, Even, I thought they, f- they were supposed to have fixed it, but... But this Matthew Greenfell, I think in particular, is saying, well, there's still some dark patterns to what they're doing in here in terms oh. of how you flip it off. And it was just a nice way to say, hey, you should go l- look at Michael's stuff and subscribe in RSS because he's real good. Um, but also, if you're wanting to know more, he's got good links in that article about why people who know about this stuff nice are find. concerned and freaked out. Nice find. Yeah, well, I've been following him uh, his blog for years in my RSS reader. And so I'll, I'll uh, read there. But I just want to mention, it's, um, it's nice to see somebody who's just still doing a real good job with blogging. I told my daughter I used to be a blogger. What does she say? Just a blog. She could care less. Yeah. I was, I was kind of there when it was a thing. And she's, cause she, you know, she, has, she has to write blog posts for school. Oh, really? Ask me if I would have expected that in 2004. Yeah, right. Yeah, she has to do two a week. Um, so anyway, Michael Sai, anything else in follow-up? We have a couple of reader things or listener things in follow-up. We can circle back to... My pho place is open on Tuesdays now, which is great. Um, we could talk about the Fitbit. I, want, I mean, I want to hear all about it. Yeah, I mean, I'm a real dork for the Fitbit. And, and since the Series 3 came out last year, and pretty most deaf since I got the Series 4 a few weeks ago, or however long it was, I, I'm always thinking to myself, okay, the Fitbit that is on my right wrist will certainly be the last Fitbit that I ever buy. And I, I thought that really up until last week when you told me about this new one. Of course, I instantly ordered it and got <laughs> it. Um, and, uh, I, you know, if this is the last Fitbit I ever have, I'll feel pretty good about it. But it does have a lot to recommend it, but it's got some super annoying things about it, too. Um, that was a terrible introduction. Mm. But I'm, I've got it. I'm wearing it. I charged it up. It's got some things that are real nice. Um between my my new phone and my um, and this new device, it syncs up real good. It's real good at all day syncing, which is a nice feature you can do in Fitbit, which is to say that throughout the day, you know, when new data is available and you're in range, do that. It's real cool. It carries over. So far, it does not introduce a ton of new reporting. Um, like it, it, the sleep report that you get is the same sleep report you got before. Uh, apparently they are introducing, I don't completely understand this. There's very weird how they're rolling this out. But one of the reasons I got it is they're going to have a beta of something starting in November that I think will eventually become a feature, which is using measurements on your wrist to highlight and potentially pseudo diagnose sleep disorders. Mm -hmm. So it will, it supposedly, it will tell you, and I have not seen this, this it's not out yet. Um, but eventually when you have a capable Fitbit, it will tell you things like if it thinks you have sleep apnea, if it thinks you might have allergies, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm very interested to see how that works. Um, I mean, it's good. And they say it's more water resistant. My biggest beef with it so far is it sometimes feels like, I mean, the main thing that I, the main two things that I use a Fitbit for, 
Well, the one thing everybody uses a Fitbit for is what I think because of Fitbits, we came to call step tracking. Like without ever looking at this, without ever doing anything with it, just track how many steps I take every day. Right. And I've calibrated it to my stride. So it's hopefully fairly accurate. Okay. Um, but that's the, everybody who has a Fitbit, I, I would suspect everybody who has a Fitbit knows that it automatically tracks your steps. And on any of the various faces, it bubbles that up pretty well. It shows you how far into your goal you are. It does that. The other thing that I use a Fitbit for is sleep tracking. Mm-hmm. It was the first of its kind tracker that I was aware of that would automatically track sleep. If, if you slept for an hour, it got it. And that reporting um, has gotten better. And then the other thing that I use it for is to sort of overtly say, okay, I'm about to take a walk, so start a workout. And it, I, I don't this is just in my head maybe, but it feels like every iteration of this, they add more clicks to what it takes to start a workout. And this is exacerbated by this product being in a very funny fish nor fowl place between a dumb generic old school tracker and trying to be a smartwatch. Hmm. So it's got a nice haptic button on the side. It's got a real, a real bright, springy feel to it when you hit it. Okay. It feels pretty good. Yeah. Very springy. Quality is good. Yeah. But like if I want to start a workout, I have to, I have to flip it on. I have to either touch the screen. and it, you, you can interact on this screen for what it's worth. Like that, that's, that's cool. Uh, it's a pretty basic screen. But let's say I turn it on, and now I want to start a workout. So I swish from right to left. Now I can see exercise or relax. I click on exercise. Yes, please start exercise. It says, do you want to do a walk? I say, yes, I want to do a walk. I click. And then I have to click again to start. And now I hit the start button again. It says it's connected. And now it's just started the workout. So I think I counted something like five clicks there to start a workout. Mm. That's a lot. Whereas, That's a lot. It is a lot on the Charge 2, depending on how you've configured. The Charge 2 was a, like a happy dumb friend where you would just say, here's the kinds of stuff I want on my watch. Here's the order. You would do this in the app on the iPhone. You say, here's the order in which I want them to appear as I cycle through this basically using the one button interface, right? So it, it couldn't be too cute. It had to be something you could do with a button. Yeah. And so essentially, I mean, there's not a ton of stuff. Worst case scenario, you got to go around the horn. But what I would do is I would click to get to the first screen, click again to get to the start exercise screen and do a long press on the button. And that starts a workout. And that became like real muscle memory for me in the last year or so. And this, it says, takes a lot of clicking. And because it has the screen, now there's more stuff. It shows you weather. I'm not sure. I mean, I guess that's a cool smart phone thing. But I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, I like it. It's cool. It's pretty. But it must be very, very difficult. Back to the Apple Watch. Mm. It must be very difficult to pr- try and provide um, value or something near feature parity on something that was never intended to be what it is. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, like we talked about, the Fitbit used to be a little bean that you had in a little like nylon sleeve, and it didn't even have a way to interface. I think you interfaced by, like, what did you do? Eventually, you put the bean into a bracelet, and you would click to get it to work. But part of Fitbit's value proposition at the time, back in the day, was that it just tracked your steps, and you never had to do anything about it. Right. It synced up. Um, but I don't know. I think it's, it's interesting. Um, I don't have that much to say about it. I'm, I'm glad I got it. It's cool. It comes with... One thing that's nice is it comes with two wristbands, a small and a large, so you, it'll accommodate your wrist size, but... I don't know. I just made my main takeaway is it must be really challenging right now to try to compete with Apple Watch and similar. Yeah. And you know, it must be super frustrating because the Fitbit was around like at the beginning. Mm, absolutely. You know, they were, I, they were the first. I feel like they were the breakthrough. Yeah. I think device. they absolutely were. Lots of people, my, my daughter has one and she loves it. I mean, she feels, she goes nuts if she leaves the house without her quote unquote watch. Really? She mainly uses it as a watch. Um, but yeah, I think they were the ones that really, I feel like brought this stuff into the mainstream. So it must be really frustrating, but you know, there's some price sensitivity here. I don't think somebody as nice as you could make this, I don't think somebody would pay $500 for it. Um, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like back to the Apple watch, it does have a little, if you're like the kind of dingling that spends that kind of money on a watch, it does have some curb appeal to mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. and a status thing. But you know, uh, I don't know. I don't know. And you're, if in as much as you're comfortable saying who in your house does tracking stuff, Nobody. Nobody tracks anything. Does your boy wear a watch? Nope. No watch at all? No, I've tried to get him to wear all kinds of watches. But he's got an iPhone, right? Yeah, he's got a a Wi-Fi iPhone, yeah. Okay. 
He loves yeah, that. He know. he uses his main thing is the. I mean, he's obsessed with retro gaming consoles, as we've discussed, and thanks mm-hmm. thanks to many of our listeners, um, he has a, a bunch of them and is obsessed with them and treats them as if they were museum pieces. It's adorable. <laughs> That's so cool. Uh, but uh, his main like his main device of choice is the iPad. He loves his iPad. He uses it. He watches videos. He does stuff with it all the time. But. No one's tracking anything. No one is tracking anything at all. And I'm not really even... Because, see, for me, I would like to track the sleep stuff. That's that's for sure. But it's not like I'm going to do more exercise than I do. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's like I'm in the gym three days a week and I'm rowing for 30 to 45 minutes the rest of the week. And, like, it's not like there's an opportunity for me to do more than that. So if I if my watch was to say, oh, you only took 3,000 steps today, well, like, sorry, that's all I'm going to be doing today. Um, but I would like to track the sleep stuff. And mm-hmm. I don't, but I don't want to get an Apple Watch just for that. I don't need notifications on my wrist. I, I don't really want that. I tried that. I didn't, I didn't like it. But I like the health aspects of it in knowing here's the sleep. Let me look at that. You know, I suppose if I was having some kind of a heart problem, I would love to be told that I was having the heart problem before I died. But <laughs> that's, that's a good time to know. You know, but like, it's not, that's, that's not enough for me to say, I'm going to go get an Apple watch and wear it. It might be enough for me to say, well, the Fitbit does these things. And I could, you know, when I, whenever I work out, I'm obviously not wearing a nice mechanical watch when I'm working out. I'm wearing, sure. I'm wearing my Casio G-Shock. Mm-hmm. And if this could, if this is something I could wear instead of the Casio G-Shock that would tell me the time and also like track the performance during the workout. Yeah, that would be pretty cool. Yeah. So would you say a thumbs up or a thumbs down on this one? Um, I mean, if you're, if you're interested in trying this stuff out, yeah, I would mm-hmm. say it's a thumbs up because the price is um, pretty good. I mean, it's not super costly. I think it's under 150 bucks. Mm. Um, it claims to have a seven day battery life. I'll believe that when I see it. Mm. Um, but, uh, it's got a long battery life and honestly stuff like the water resistance is very attractive. I, oh, I yeah, still, yeah. I still take my watch off when I go in the shower, my Apple sure. watch. I Thank take God. everything off. I'm totally, totally nude. All oh the way yeah. 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 Cause I don't, I don't want to test that. No. Like I'm going to feel like such a dingling. Everybody's like my friend Alex takes her phone into the shower to listen to podcasts. I'm like, Oh my God. In, in the shower. Like in the yeah, wetness? Yeah, well, because it's, you know, it's water resistant. You sh- you're supposed to be able to like fall into a pool with your phone and it would be okay. I mean, just because you can doesn't mean you should. Well, I, I, I see the appeal, you know? All right. But um, yeah, I mean, I would give it a thumbs up for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, and honestly, uh, it's not terrible in terms of like something you might want to give to a kid because it's, it's fairly okay rugged. Right. I mean, I wouldn't go mountaineering with now, it you had said that when the previous one that you had did have some kind of, I guess you were saying some kind of long-term uh, quality issues. The where bands it, sometimes just break off Yeah, after a while. They, they, they also, um, I would say within a year, pretty much every Fitbit in the last few years that I've had has just gotten, it's gotten kind of like gross and nasty and beat up, but in particular, the band mm. uh, gets pretty nasty. But, you know, I see people all the time, like you, I'm always looking at people's wrists to see what they're wearing. And I, I, a lot of people wear Fitbits and they look real nasty, but they're still wearing them. They yeah. still work. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't unrecommend it. I don't know if you need it in addition to an Apple watch, but if you're, if you're interested in trying it out, there's not much to lose. It's, it's a little bit to set up, you know, you, you can spend a lot of time configuring this, but if I haven't, if it's not clear from the past, one really nice benefit is it does sync up with lots of places. Um, it will, there's a lot of places that can sync up with Fitbit. The okay, one where did, it does, now that you're, you got the Fitbit charge three. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. It, oh, it's already a note. It's excellent. Well, I mean the, 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 the headset is you can put an Amazon link in, but the, the, here's the thing though, is, um, it current, guess what it currently does not sync up with mm, what Apple health. Well, that's dumb. Yeah. 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 That's real dumb. And so for that, there is an app that you can buy. Uh, now that you're a dingling, just throwing a bunch of money around. Uh, there's an app you can buy called Sync Solver. And Sync Solver is an app that is, I think it's pretty primitive. It scrapes your Fitbit data and shoves it, smooshes it into um, Apple Health. 
And I, I don't precisely understand this, but there's some kind of, I'm sure someone smart could explain this to me, but there's some kind of Disney magic that happens where I think you, you don't get multiple step counts or your sleep doesn't get stepped on. I don't know how Apple's health figures that out, but it seems to do that. Because I've run tons of different trackers and not gotten like, you know, 30,000 step days where I actually took nine. Did you get the regular black band one or the more expensive, cool looking band with the holes in it? No, I got the black band okay. one. Okay. I'm going to order Standard a stupid one. thing and report back. You should try it. Again, I'm going to order it right now. Oh, cool. I'll yeah, get it. Yeah. I'll have it. Uh, so do I get overnight for four bucks? Uh, you on the Amazon? Yeah. Don't you have Prime? Yeah. Yeah, it'll get here yeah. Thursday for free, but Wednesday. Oh yeah, three ninety nine. Oh yeah, sure, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, yeah, that's a good buy. I'll be interested. Yeah, you know what? I'd be interested to hear what you think of it. It's not as pretty as your as your submarine watch, probably. No, but I, I'm wearing it for different reasons. Does it always? Yep. Is it always on? Does it always have the time no, on it? Oh, I'm sorry, it doesn't. Oh no, I don't think there's a way to do that. The other thing is, it's real small. Like the text on it is real small with my aged eyes. <sighs> Do you have to tap it, or do you have to flick your wrist to get it? No, 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 no. It's got the flippy on attorney awareness. <laughs> That's a technical term. Is it is it a, as good or better than the Apple Watch? I'd say it's pretty similar. Okay. So, not awesome, but like the one I've got, I've got the most basic face, where it just shows percentage, how close you are to your daily goal of steps. It shows the time in the middle and your current heart rate below it. So, check it out. I'm, just, I'm, I'm, I'm hesitating. Oh, come on. It's for your work. You need it. Yeah, but the thing, it's not always on. You can always give it to your daughter. All right, I ordered it. Wear this. Daddy will love you. All right. Daddy will love you if you move more. <laughs> she has the opposite problem. She never stops moving. Never <laughs> stops <laughs> moving. Keeps on moving. Um, <sighs> We have some, what else did we have? I have a couple things from listeners. I thought we got a couple of nice follow-up We got uh, some follow really up good follow-up. Yeah. Oh, and I, I had another question for you about uh, about what Wi-Fi router you're using. We can we can answer yeah, sure. that now. We can come back to it. I didn't know. Are you are you enjoying the Eero still? Is that still your um, your uh, well, you know? I feel I feel weird to constantly be promoting this because a they are a current advertiser on several shows that I do. And B, the one they gave me was free. Now, the extra beacons I added myself, I did pay for. Mm-hmm. But with that said and disclosed, I super love it. Like, I'm very, very happy with the Eero. It's funny because, I mean, I expected to like the mesh network stuff, right? I mean, it's not – I mean, the thing is, I've, I've done infinite numbers of speed tests through Wi-Fi. Um, and um, – but like uh, honestly, standing right next to the Eero is crazy. Plus, like over 100 megabits down fast. Whereas being two beacons or three beacons away, it's not as fast. But it's still way faster than it was before. It's still like 40 or 70 or something like right, that. Right, right. But I so I expected that to be good, and it is very good. It's got they've added something in there, little kind of what do they call it, advanced stuff or labs. They've added a thing now where it will detect if you're a five gig device like prefer putting you on the five gig right like automatically chuck you on that yeah it'll automatically do that also by the way uh ios 12.01 fixes a bug that would sometimes mischaracterize what you were capable of and Mm -hmm. your excess might accidentally get on the slow one oh 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 do you use an ipad at all Yes, uh, not oh not uh, not uh, constantly like like some people the hugest dumb thing oh where the placement of the thing right they fixed the place that was your major gripe that was that was you were losing it over that i told my i told my lady about it i was like are you even on 12 Cause she's real slow to update stuff. yeah she's like i don't think so i was like oh my god they just fixed the biggest thing at some point over the summer in the 12 betas they swapped the button for emoji and the number switcher thing and i was forever going into emoji when i just wanted the number two part of my saying mm-hmm. and 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 she's like oh my god i did that too they fixed that i'm like yeah they totally fixed that it was crazy i have no idea why they did that but i'm so glad they changed it back Anyway, 1201 came out yesterday. You can get it on your phone. Um, and what were we talking about before that? Uh, back, uh, what were we talking about before that? Oh, my God. Uh, Dude, we were, d- we're, embar- we're super old, aren't we? Uh, the audience um, is getting upset right now. We were talking. I can do this. I can do this. We were talking about watches. It rained this morning. Oh, no kidding. How yeah, was it? It's rainy. Hmm. 
the rain where you are? Uh, it rained a little bit two days ago. Yeah. Oh my God, this is bad, Dan. Let's oh, just this is let's very bad. just end the show now. Should we just stop now? Final episode. Other stuff from listeners. <laughs> Some good stuff from I'll listeners. Edit. I'll Eero. edit this out. The arrow you were talking about your Wi-Fi routers. <laughs> that's what I have. That's what I have at home. Um, and uh, um, honestly, I mean, it's not cheap, but boy, is it ever good. And all the stuff you can do with the app is so amazing. As you've seen, I put emoji in all of my devices. I can tell which device is doing what. Oh, it's so great. The speed testing. It does automatic speed testing every day. I love that. Now at work, I have a big airport thing. The tall airport boy. The time with with time machine. What's that called? Air, airport base. Uber. The the big base, base station. Don't they call it the How base station? How low can you go? <laughs> Death row. What a brother know. Once again, back is the incredible rhyme animal. Public enemy number one. Five O says freeze, but I got none. <laughs> Did I tell him that I never really had a gun? It's the wax that Terminator X spun. Why do I remember that thing from twenty five years ago? Yeah, we can't can remember what do, we were talking uh, about, f- but you know lyrics to a song I, that was on the radio yes, for 10 minutes. Yes, yes, thank you. I can also do, I can also do almost all of uh, Fight the Power. 1989, the number. Another summer. Sound of the funky, funky drummer. Music's hitting you hard, because I know you got soul, brothers and sisters. Elvis was a hero to most, but he never met. Uh... So forgetting that stuff, but that's all I've got for work because I don't need much more. I have a very tiny little shoebox of a private office, and that works fine. Are you considering a change, Dan? Uh, Did they send you an Eero? Uh, yes, I have one. I love it. And um, I, no, I'm not necessarily considering a change, but I wanted to follow back up with you to see is it something that you still like? Because I, I've gotten into this thing now where I'm, I'm always on lookout for like the next, the next way to improve whatever the thing is. And so we've got, we've got this guy coming to the house. He's a listener. He's coming to the house and he's going to wire us. He's going to do the ethernet wiring up that my wife wanted forever. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to talk to it. I don't even want to talk about it. Is she a an individual? She's I not. I don't want to even talk about any of okay. this. Don't tell me if she is. So there's a guy coming to the house. He's going to do some ethernet stuff. <laughs> You sure you want this, sir? We'll brace the kid. Should be pushed over. Um, And uh, and so uh, so uh, this is the time when I'm gonna sort of evaluate Wi-Fi and stuff like that. And so I'm I'm just looking into the options. I'm not necessarily looking to change because I do really like the Eero. Uh, But I did. I was you know if you had said oh I got this amazing Netgear thing and it's it's great it's even better I would have said oh maybe I'll look at it but if you're saying Euro is still good then I'm going to stick with it I'm going to keep keep moving. Yeah, I mean I don't I I don't keep up with this stuff at all. This is really a what a commodity a utility for me. Like I I just don't think about this stuff a lot. But with that said, again disclosing they've given us money in euros. I I think it's a, I think it's very impressive and if you can if you can afford it uh, it's not cheap but when you get it you will notice a crazy difference in what you're doing um, it's it's amazing you know another thing I'm gonna I'm gonna suggest something nuts that you probably don't need to do but you might want to do um, this is this is so like a John Syracuse cutting the ends off the roast thing this is totally unnecessary but but consider this um, go to wherever you've got your Wi-Fi password. Mm-hmm. And copy your Wi-Fi password into the clipboard. Um, go into your settings, go to Wi-Fi, and delete your home Wi-Fi. Like, forget it, right? Say, say, say forget that I the, the machine knows this. Right. And delete it. Get it out. And then rejoin and drop that password in. I can't prove this. This is so anecdotal. Okay. But I feel like I've seen Wi-Fi improve after doing that. I know that sounds nuts. I, I, I don't that know doesn't make like any a, sense. It doesn't make any sense, but I wonder sometimes if it can, if, if it, many various kinds of routers get confused about what band you're supposed to be on. I don't know. Just saying. It's on a spark plug. Couldn't hurt. Yeah, I don't know. I don't even know what's really out there. I don't know what, apart from Eero, Eero sort of revolutionized this idea of a nearly plug and play. Honestly, legit. I, I, let me be straight up with you. 15 minutes might be a little too short. I would be blown away if it took you more than an hour to set this thing up. It, it, literally takes like 15 to 30 minutes don't you agree yeah with three three beacons yeah we're not paid to say this except in as much as we are um but um insofar as we are but 
I have no idea. So they revolutionized, I feel like, this idea of a home mesh network. You know, I guess the other kind of stuff is what? Like Marco likes ubiquity. Is that the other one? The kind of like enterprise grade Wi Fi? I've heard of that. Ubiquity is like a lifestyle, isn't Ubiquity like Emacs for Wi Fi? (laughs) I think so. Yeah. But I I have no idea. I wouldn't even know where to begin as far as like what the competition is. Yeah, I don't either. Definitely not Apple. Am I right? Yeah, they've, they're out of that game completely, yeah. which makes sense. I don't know why they, you know, they, I was thinking about the original airport, the original airport base station, the little UFO. Did you have one? No, 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 no. Oh. I, was still on a, I was still on a WRT-54G then. Yes, I remember that. Yes, yes. Uh, well, those are still around. Oh, I hate my brain. They're still around, and you can run Linux on them and everything. It's great. You can hack them. You can hack the Oh, yeah, the, the uh, most, hackable, most hackable thing you could do. But I did get the very first Apple Airport base station, and it was silver, and then they replaced it with the white one, and I had several of those over the years, yep. and I loved yep, them. Yep, they yep. looked like UFOs. They were cute and cool, and... Uh, and they were super slow and they didn't do anything as well as, and it was basically inside of it was just an airport card with an antenna glued onto it and a microchip <laughs> stuck to the side with a piece of chewing gum. We but, can't wait to see what you do with this. Yeah. But, uh, so eventually I, uh, I, I switched out and just went to different brands and eventually wound up going back to the tall base station, not the one with the hard drive in it that does the time machine backups like you, like you have Mr. Fancy, but the regular Empty, one that I guess is empty. Airport uh, extreme, I want to say. The extreme. It was extreme. Extreme. You rides in on a skateboard and sunglasses. And until <laughs> until the Eero came around, I, there wasn't another one that I had liked. There wasn't another one that I ever stuck with. I had one in when I had an office that where we had to provide our own connection. I went with some Asus or uh, Netgear one. That mm-hmm. was fine. It was fine. Um, though, you know... The only advantage I think those things have is that you can access them with a browser instead of an app, but mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not often in a situation like where one nine two dot one hundred Yes. That'll yes. get you to most routers. Yeah. Or dot zero dot one or dot one dot one and the password yeah. is usually username is admin. Admin admin. Admin. Yes. I have a text file. I have a text file of every <laughs> default every default router username and password. I it's need, almost all I need admin, that. Admin. I need that. Yeah, it's handy when you travel. I hear. Um uh, you know, but okay, it's my only counterpoint on that, and I'm just going to be a pill about Apple for just a quick second. Uh, just remember that all that stuff is sitting on a shelf ready to buy at an extremely overinflated price up until the day they pull it. And I mean, it, it, this is a certain amount of hagiography and nostalgia, but mm-hmm. there was a time when you could feel pretty good about going into an Apple store, and nobody's going to tell you that this thing's going to be EOL'd tomorrow. And that's kind of a bummer. If somebody went into the Apple store and they said, oh, as long as I'm here, I'll also buy a router. You're like, oh, you poor bastard. You have no idea this is like going away. Right. And that's frustrating. Yeah. I was watching uh, Rene Ritchie's uh, on his uh, Vector YouTube channel. I think it's called Vector. That's the uh-huh. show. He was talking about his reckons on what they're going to say uh, if they do an event this month, what it will be about. What do you think is going to happen with the Mac Mini? You, Dan Benjamin. I am thinking. They, didn't they say they're going to do something? I think they did say that they were going to do something. I don't know if they if are they saying that it's going to be coming out. Maybe it will. Say they'll announce that it will remain a product in their lineup. I mean, the, the, here's if they're going to do anything with the Mac Mini. Here's what I think they should do. Apple should has, or, should or want what I want them to do and what they should do, and I don't see a difference. Check um, it out. This is what they need to do. How about that? Mm-hmm. They Apple has done some wonderful things in making very small little devices like the Apple TV. Um, I think they need to come out if they're going to come out with a Mac Mini and truly treat it as this tiny little thing. It should be a tiny little thing. It should be as really? big as the Apple TV. I think so. That's what I think because think sort of it like, of like this. that Amazon dingus that yes. hangs off the strap. Yeah, or like you Google that. Well, does that? I don't know if it'll be quite that small. I think it'll be more not fire like. TV, but Apple TV sized where it's a little yeah, box yeah, yeah. and wouldn't it be, wouldn't it be really cool if you could get one of those and, and because think of how big, how big do we need an SSD drive? I'm not talking about a regular drive like you would buy to put in your PC desktop. They, they have, yeah. can make hard drives that are the size of a, of a, a stick of Ram. Uh, mm-hmm. That's an SSD drive. You know, it, it's, that's what's inside of your Apple TV right now. Those things have hard drives in them. Right, uh, and yeah. if, if we're still using the term hard drive, SSD drive, 
I think they should do it in something that size. I think it should be very, very small. I think it should be black. I think it should look really cool. And I think that it should be more affordable than it is now. If they come out with just an update to the existing thing, no no way. No one wants that. How do you, and you would just connect using um, something like, not screens, but something like screens, which is a virtual, no, it's, it would have a, It would have a, a port. Maybe it's got a USB-C port in the back for a screen. Okay. Maybe it's got a HDMI port in the back for a screen that would let you plug it into a TV. HDMI screen to me would be table stakes because so many people that. want this. I want this for yeah. like a home Plex server. Me too. I have, uh, I actually, my Plex server that I've been using for years was a Mac mini and it finally just started having so many issues. I think the hard drive, which it had a spinning drive in it, was was finally dying, and it got really slow, and sometimes it wouldn't boot back up. So, uh, I, so for, I want to move my whole rig home because I've been getting terrible. Um, you know how you get creep in a multi-person podcast? Oh, yeah. I've been getting audio sync creep where- um, Oh, it'll like, come, uh, come the audio and video will drift? They will drift, and it gets worse and worse and worse, and then you have to menu out and come back, and it syncs fine, but I have not found any... I mean, there's a bunch of guesses and some GitHub things you can try, but like, I would love to have that at home since that's where the only place we're really watching it. That would be really cool. See, I was hoping more the other way, not the other way, but like, I would love it to be, see, this is the fantasy of the 51 year old man title is that, um, man, I wish it had all the ports and I wish it did all the things. And like, I don't care about using it as a desktop computer, but all the, all the, almost all of the popular ways to use a Mac are somewhat virtual. Like there's that place that will like host your Mac Mini for you, Mac Mini Colo. Like there's all these places that people use these as servers. Tons of people want to use mm-hmm. these as home media things. Now, does that cannibalize Apple TVs? I doubt it. I doubt it. I don't think there's enough people that that would cannibalize. Plus, Apple the, TV pro- sales. the price is going to be hugely different. The Apple TV is what 150 bucks. Absolutely, and this thing will be what 500 bucks. Yeah, 600 bucks. Yeah. And if you Something want to like expand that. the storage on it, plug in a USB hard drive. No big deal. I think that's. I think this is the way to go. I think this is what they're going to do. I would. Lo- I would get one on the spot if that was announced. Yeah. Gosh, I hope so. Um, okay. Well, we got a couple uh, quick listener things. We're going to keep this one bright and tight. Um, you want to tell me about one more thing that you like? Yeah, I would love to say thank you very much to our bandwidth sponsor. These guys are are who I've used since phew, the very very beginning. Uh, it's it's Cashfly, C A C H E F L Y. They've been our bandwidth sponsor since the very beginning. They're who I use. Uh, so if you've downloaded an episode of of this show or any other show ever, it's come to you via Cashfly. That's why it's really really fast. That's why it's really really reliable. And I use the same service for Fireside. So the uh, you know tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of episodes that are served. Uh, from Fireside are all going through Cashfly. It's the world's most reliable CDN. If you're in podcasting like me or any other business where your customers want content of any kind, always available. It doesn't matter if it's an image file, an MP3 file, something to download. It doesn't matter. You're going to get the fastest downloads anywhere with Cashfly. Imagine having your content a single network hop away from your customers, whether they're in New York City or Hong Kong. Uh, that's what they do. They have a presence in data centers all around the world. So when someone goes to download your content, they're not downloading it from your server in the data center in Dallas, Texas. They're downloading it from one of the bazillion, and don't quote me on, they might have less. No, not a bazillion, always. Uh, Depends on your, where you're co-located. Yes, but they're, they're going to be you know, downloading it from one of their servers, which are, will be very, very close to you. And uh, they even have a 100% uptime SLA. So... Visit 5x5.cashfly.com to learn more. Thank you very much to Cashfly for being our bandwidth sponsor forever. Thanks, Cashfly. These people are already customers. That's right. right. They Some don't ways. even know it. They don't even know it. They don't even need to. Um, go to my uh, MV alt file. Uh, two quick things in follow-up from listeners. Listener Greg had some follow-up on Bear and the ability to export. Listener Greg says, a uh, quick bit of follow-up on your discussion of Bear in this week's episode. That'll be last week's episode. Yes. Bear has the ability to export. Dan was concerned because uh, Dan had a concern that he wouldn't be able to export things from Bear. I don't know if you tried this yet, but listener Greg says, Bear has the ability to export your notes to a number of different formats, and you can do it from the Mac or the iOS app. That's kind of interesting. He says, Paren, one of my favorite things about Bear is that its iOS app matches the Mac app feature for feature. Wow. And he includes a link that I'll put into show notes that is how to import and export with Bear. Wow, look at all that. You can do Markdown, Text Bundle, Bear Note, Bear Note, Bear Note, .rtf, Task Paper. Wow, that's pretty cool. 
Does that make you feel any different about it? No, and I actually followed up with the guy about it. Um, my issue wasn't, can I export? I even mentioned on the show that you can export and that exporting wasn't something that I care about. I want interoperability with mm-hmm. other text apps. And, and I explained this to him in the email and he went back and forth and said, well, I'm, I'm iOS first, I'm iPad first, so none of these things matter to me. I live in the iOS first world. I said, good. I said, a lot of people do and that, that sounds like a very forward-thinking way to do it. But for me, what I want is I want to be able to create or edit a text file in any app that I choose and then use something like NVAlt to keep all of those organized and look at them and find them and search through them quickly. And that's the mm-hmm. genius of NVAlt. That's yes. what makes NVAlt the, and I guess NVAlt is a better version of some notational, notational velocity. velocity app that I don't know anyone that uses that one. They all use NVAlt, but it, it treats any text file that you've thrown into this folder, any text file that you put in there, no matter how it got in there or what it contains, NVAlt just has it in there, accesses it, reads it. So it's not a matter of exporting things out. I don't care about exporting things I out. I see, I see. I okay. want to get to that data in one place at all times. And I want to do it in something that looks and works like Bear. It makes sense to me why Bear stores it in a proprietary database type format because they allow you to do all the things that like Evernote could do. You can drop pictures in there and embed things like that. Yeah, you can like make a wiki. Yeah, that's that's just not what I'm looking for to do and that's not how I, I want to use it and it's not how I need to get data in and, and out of it. But uh, I appreciate the concern from the the listener about that and um well yeah but and also just i mean i understand your pov i totally understand but also just for anybody who heard that and thought you can't export there's actually like a good number of options if that is one of your concerns but i hear you i hear you very well what was the thing gus used to make uh gus from flying meat didn't he make he made like a it was like a wiki it was an app that was just a wiki what was that thing called yeah i know what you're talking about it was really cool God, do you remember how, how wacky things used to be between that and stuff like, you know, like Sandy and all of those? Ugh, what a great time that was. People were just trying the most banana stuff. Big fan of Acorn. I still use Acorn. I know a lot of people like the, uh, like the other one, but um, I'm real happy with Acorn. I use it every week. Flying meat. Look it up. Put it in notes. Flying meat. Gus. Awesome software. There you Retro go. batch. Oh, but I love the look right. of Bear, and if, if you're content to just keep your stuff in one place and export it if you need to bear is like i can't think of anything better out there it's people get real attached to it it sure. looks great it works great mm-hmm. on the mac it works great on on your ios like it's it's perfect if if yeah. you don't need the bizarre thing that i need no yeah, no i don't think it's that bizarre um we got an anecdote from listener eric i almost texted this to john syracuse because i can't decide if this sounds true i could not verify this is true um Listener Eric says, um, I'm a bit behind. You're talking about iOS speed reminded me of a hilarious anecdote in the gaming industry. Did you see this one? I don't think so. So as you know, games have saving. This happened around the era when CD-based console games just started. Save times could be long, like annoyingly long. Yes. This one developer works on their game and gets it to save blisteringly fast. Submits to the console maker for approval. Rejected. Why? Quote, it saves too quickly. Users won't feel like it's doing anything. Dev adds a manual delay for the game to wait a few seconds before saying the saving is done and the game gets approved. Do you think that's true? No. Hmm. You ever do, had do you think it's true? Mm, I don't know. You've had, had uh, housekeepers come to your house? Yes. Every two weeks. Yeah. Okay. Um, this is, again, one of the topics that is not discussed. But do you ever find it confounding that they change something very slightly that seemed completely unnecessary and out of order with everything else that you like to be a certain way? Like maybe put the glasses back bottoms down instead of bottoms up. Mm, sure. Maybe this table is turned. You ever notice like little, little things? Do you think your, your theory is they're doing that to show that they did something Correct. and, and they're, they're doing it into something that normally wouldn't need to be done to so that you notice it and you feel as if they did something. Yes. I, I've wondered that. I've discussed this. I've wondered this. It's yeah, uh, I, I like in the command line when you possible. say touch, you say touch this file Ooh. just to like, I've touched this file and now it's been updated. <laughs> Right? Yeah. Isn't that what touch does? I know it yep. does more than that. It, but touch it, was a way of saying touch, change the update. That's exactly what it does. It changed the um, <laughs> the the file modification date and yeah, time okay. on it, or creates a file <laughs> if it doesn't exist. Touched. Yeah. Now you noticed I changed. That's right. I th- I think you're on to something there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've thought about that. Well, there's certain kinds of stuff where, like, um, like in OmniFocus, it's really interesting. Um, I mean, I do feel like okay. For example, in OmniFocus. Um, you can set it up so that 
if you're in the inbox or like whatever folder project context, whatever you're in, you can set it up so that it dis- I think you can set up so that it disappears instantly once you've entered it. But I kind of want it to stay around until I hit command K to clean up. Because I like to see, you know, I want to see like if I'm typing in five things, I'm just typing, typing, typing. I kind of want to see it all before it goes to the right place. It's almost like what you would call an outbox where like there's a bunch of stuff that I want to go somewhere, but I want to look at it all before it goes someplace. And it gives me a sense of place to be able to see what I'm working on right now. And, you know, you certainly have this with devices where you feel frustrated that it takes so long to save, but there's other times where you're like, you ever accidentally tweeted something twice because you didn't know if it went through? Mm Mm-hmm. That kind of thing. I think it's, I don't know, I think it's an interesting phenomenon. If anybody has uh, a link on this, I couldn't find a link on this. It's hard, it has lots of words that are hard to search on. But if anybody knows if this is a thing, CD console games deliberately delaying, I would like to see that. I, you yeah, I mean, it, 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 it could be because people do want to see. I, I just, uh, I'm not, I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to do it. No, I'm going to no. say no. No. Okay. Did you ever have a BMW yes. that makes extra engine noise? No. Did yours do that? No, mine was a normal one. It didn't it wasn't so silent that it had to play an audio recording of an engine accelerating. Well, no, no I, I didn't mean I wasn't trying to shame. It was more like I was trying to find out like what is that skew is that a form of skeuomorphism when we do that? <sighs> yeah. I mean, haptics are kind of like that. Like now the digital crown on your watch, it's got a real nice like tick 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 when you're spinning the digital crown, it feels great. Mm-hmm. It's really subtle but but feels fantastic. Are those all, would you consider those a form of skeuomorphism? That's a fascinating question. Yeah, I don't know. I honestly don't know. You know, I, I definitely think there is something weird about accelerating in a car. If you're used to hearing an engine and you think of your BMW as a performance vehicle, you mm-hmm. want to hear the engine. Like I, I had a, a BMW Series 3 many years ago when I used to do a lot of driving. And I, I said, if I'm spending this much damn time in the car, I'm going to at least <laughs> enjoy it. And, Absolutely, uh, and it, it was it was a fun car to have. I didn't have it for that long, but you could hear the engine, and the engine sounded amazing. It sounded great, like it sounded like it was. But this is before right. they, and apparently that was the controversy. I think it was the Series Five that set or Seven or both that did it, where they had made the interior of the car so quiet you yeah. couldn't hear any road noise or engine noise. I think it comes in through the stereo. Yeah, they had to play the engine over the stereo. It wasn't playing outside. It wasn't for the youths to hear. <laughs> right, it was free. So you could hear you your, own your own car. Making car. Noise. That's so interesting. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I don't, you know, we're always trying to make things the way they were and also yes. improve them. So, oh, absolutely. you know, how do you do it? How do you let people know that you're accelerating? Then you have a car like um, like the Tesla or the uh, the Prius where you know you can be accelerating quickly and the engine's barely making a sound at all it's because so it's, upsetting. A, it's a motor. I, when Prius's first got popular, I found it so upsetting. That they didn't you make just any hear this, sound? You would, well, because think about when you're used to hearing, you know, if you're my age, you've had a lifetime of hearing, um, what do they call them? Uh, you know, the gas engines, the something intake, what's it called? What are they called, gas engines? But you've been used to that, that throaty sound of what an engine sounds like. Mm-hmm. You would only hear something like, tire noise on like a gravel road mm-hmm. but think about think about what, it, what what your car sounds like going down a real gravelly road that crunchy sound it's so weird to be standing on a street corner and just hear a little bit of a gravelly sound and turn and there's a car there it's so weird all yeah. you hear is the all you hear is the tires you don't hear the engine at all it's the strangest thing um, i remember one know, time i was in this is back in florida yeah and i was um i was walking down some like gravel road thing out in like the the swampy marshy woodsy area mm-hmm. and i heard this sound which of course was just some like atv vehicle grinding up and doing spinning around on the on the gravel <laughs> but in my mind i thought that it was a it was a gator because <gasps> the sound was so foreign and oh, of course so interesting. there were gators all over the place i thought it was a, it was a gator why can't they mute that sound of a gator kind of, you know Oh, my daughter was, um, my daughter, I don't know what this is. There's a genre of YouTube videos. She's so into YouTube. One of the YouTube genres she likes is just like a bunch of funny related funny photos with a caption. Mm-hmm. Memes, if you like. Mm. But one of her favorites is you don't say with the you don't say guy. But she, um, but she loves these things. And, and she was, there was one that was like crazy stuff in Florida. And she's like, what's the weirdest thing you ever saw in Florida? I was like, oh, honey, 
make a sandwich. Like, where do I begin? Yeah. But I was trying to remember some of the stories, and I was telling her, like, well, there's there's like three that come to mind. One before I was really, a, I wasn't there for this, but my my mom and my grandma came out of a beauty salon, went out the back door of this, like, uh, you know, like a strip mall. And there was like a six foot alligator. Oh my <laughs> like, gosh. Just sitting there. I was like, you know, I'm glad I don't run into that. I also very distinctly remember 1980 or 81, the first time I ever saw a full on big ass Florida cockroach in my room. Ah, oh, yes. The big, long, brown ones that sometimes fly. I think they're palmetto bugs. Palmetto bugs. We call them water bugs. We don't have roaches, we have water bugs. Mm. And then one day I was, uh, I'd mowed the lawn. I told her I'd mowed the lawn one Saturday afternoon. And that night there was a snake in my room. <laughs> and we called the county <laughs> extension service to come out. He's like, that's nothing but a corn snake. I was like, I don't care what word comes before snake. I don't want it in my room. Yeah. Like it's harmless. Yeah. <laughs> you imagine that walking in your room and there's a snake. And you're like, well, but it's harmless <laughs> though. Yeah, but it's Florida, you know, it's a right to work snake. <sighs> Oh, Florida, I hope you guys, you know, I hate it when people say, be safe. So I'm not going to say that. But my gosh, I hope things are okay with this dumb hurricane. Uh, hurricane Michael, yep. Going it's heading right up. toward my old neck of the woods up in Tallahassee. Yeah, it is. Uh, it'll, it'll be bad for the Gulf Coast side of Florida for sure. Yeah, and like just west of there, there's a lot of people. Like my old boss used to live in a stilt house, like right mm, on the water. Really? And like, yeah, it's like, gosh, I, I hope everybody's okay. Sorry about the climate change. <laughs> mm, good for the economy. Yeah. Jesus Christ, what a week. What a week, Dan. Mm. I think we've done enough for the people. Me too. We've done more than enough. More than enough. Yeah, way more. All right. Well, we'll next week we'll talk about uh, Fitbit and other things. All right. Okay, let's button this up. All right. Okay, I love you. Love you too, Merlin Man.